Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that's happy to go wherever the most important stories in the property world take it. And today we found our way down to the farm to take our third annual look at the Spotlight on GB Farmland report at a time when change is the watchword for the sector. Undoubtedly, there's some real challenges. Uh, I think everyone accepts that. But there are also some fascinating new and evolving opportunities. But I think the overall sentiment is optimism and a real confidence in the in the fundamentals of the marketplace. And we'll be asking whether after a year of record low volumes, there are signs of more property coming to the market. But what we're seeing affecting the farmland market, and particularly the upland farms, is an insatiable demand for land that's suitable for tree planting. And that's um, on the back of the drive for net carbon zero and satisfying everybody's ESG agenda. I'm Guy Ruddle and with me today I have the cream of the crop when it comes to understanding farmland property. Let's meet them. Alex Lawson, first of all, is the newly appointed head of farms and estates for Savills UK. He's worked for Savills for 20 years, has a background in farming and handles the sale and purchase of some of the UK's biggest rural properties. Alex, welcome to Real Estate Insights and congratulations on your promotion. Thank you very much, Guy. And hello. Evelyn Channing hasn't got a new job, but who would want one when you're head of farms and estates for Scotland? She's no stranger to real estate in time. The last time she was here, we were talking about forestry. I imagine we might talk a little bit about that again today. Evelyn, lovely to talk to you again. How have you been? Very well, thank you, Guy, and nice to be here. Great stuff. And Angus Locke is part of the Rural Research Team. He's an expert on agricultural economics, and the latest Spotlight on GB Farmland report couldn't have been written without him. Angus, welcome to the podcast. Hello, Guy. Thanks for having me. So, Angus, let's start with you, uh, because as I say, we're talking about the uh, Spotlight on GB Farmland report. Can you just run us through some of the numbers, like sort of what was last year like in in the market, for instance? Yes, well, uh, as you mentioned, yet another year of of record low supply. Um, Just 114,000 acres were were brought to public market, uh, which we believe is the lowest ever, uh, certainly since we started tracking the market in the early 90s. Uh, Now, the reason for this is is really the culmination of uh, anticipated changes to the way agricultural subsidies are paid uh, and the uncertainty relating to the post-Brexit trading environment. Um, These were already keeping supply low and I suppose colliding with the the first coronavirus lockdown in the the spring of last year really impacted um, market activity. Since uh, since then we've really seen quite an amazing recovery in in the way the market responded uh, out of lockdown and, and actually saw some average price increases across some regions. Yeah, so that's 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 a, a good sign after a very difficult start. Do you see that continuing? Uh, it's difficult to say. Um, there's there's definitely been a confidence boosting um, period over the new year as the the Brexit deal was announced. Um, many many farmers will be feeling better um, because of that, uh, particularly those in, in exporting focused sectors. But the broader sort of structural changes to subsidy, uh, we, we are thinking will bring some more land to market and, and could bring some price volatility over the, the short term. 
Alex, there's so much going on in this sector at the moment, isn't there? I mean, I don't know whether people still do SWOT analyses, like, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats, but it would just be completely filled in. You've got Brexit, you've got COVID, you've got all the subsidy change that comes from Brexit, you've got the the, the Agriculture Act is, is now passed, but you've got the Environment Bill. How, how does the market feel? Do, do people in the market feel sort of optimistic and excited or, or dazed and confused? It's a really good question. Uh, and you're absolutely right. It's a very significant moment in the in the sector. And uh, inevitably, some of that feeds through to the market. But I think it's fair to say we've been bracing ourselves and, and known that it's coming uh, for several years now. And in fact, in many ways, there's more certainty now than there has been for several years. I guess the other thing is that farmers in particular a very resilient and resourceful breed and they will make whatever happens and whatever's thrown at them work. Uh, undoubtedly, there's some real challenges. Uh, I think everyone accepts that. But there are also some fascinating new and evolving opportunities. Um, you know, some people are very excited and energized by this. Others are much more resistant to change. But I think fair to say, based on performance, and last year was a pretty, a pretty remarkable year considering, um, I think the overall um, sentiment is optimism, cautious optimism. Um, and uh, a, a real confidence in the in the fundamentals of the marketplace. And Evelyn, in your market in Scotland, do you, do you, do you echo that, uh, or, or do you have sort of specific particular uh, situation up there? Um, well, you have different uh, drivers uh, affecting the market, but on the sort of the, the farming um, element and the farm buyers and farm sellers. Um, yes, some things are clearer, but we're not an awfully far uh, down the road with it we don't really farmers don't really understand the practicalities or how it's going to affect their businesses yet so i think it'll still be a year classified as uncertainty which will be crystallizing all the time but a a lot of um, farmers won't be buying unless they have to buy i.e it's a golden opportunity they can't afford to miss it Um, and then they'll be uh, reactive but meantime my own personal view is that i think people will just bed down into all these new systems there's an awful lot going on and of course the agricultural policy in scotland is slightly different um and at this specific point in time we still don't know uh exactly how we're, the, the farm farming is going to be supported going forward um we're keeping the the um similar basic payment systems in place and they'll be faded out uh, over a period of time but the, the fundamental difference between Scotland and the rest of the UK is that the um, agriculture minister here has said that uh, farming should be, uh, policy should be focused on uh, production of food. I, I guess we're talking, uh, Alex, about farmland and we're talking about farmers, but how, how much of the market is actually farmers at the moment? You know, of the of the activity in the market. Is it still mainly farmers buying and selling land for farming or, or, or has, has that changed a lot? Um, well, it's, it's inevitably farmland, generally speaking, owned by farmers. Uh, I think uh, statistically, Gus will probably be better to, to clarify this, but statistically about 50%, just under 50% of, of the properties are bought by active working farmers. So, you know, arguably that's only half the market. Um, and the, the remainder made up by lifestyle buyers uh, who are buying to own or for investment purposes, 
um, or um, to a lesser degree, corporates and institutions who, who also like owning land and the benefits of owning larger tracts of land and all, the, all of those peripheral benefits that, that come from that. And Angus, as, as Alex says, you're the key, you're the perfect man. I should have perhaps asked you that question, not, not, not Alex, but the, it, the, do you see that, that sort of 50-50 split? Is, is that about right? Is that going to carry on being, being like that? Or do you see a, a, a shift in that at all? Uh, it, it really depends on the type of property, I suppose, coming to market. Um, in, in this, in 2020, sorry, uh, as opposed to previous years, there's probably more lifestyle type properties coming forward uh, and less sort of big commercial farms. And I was also going to say, particularly for Scotland, but for England, the, the, the top end of the English market as well. International buyers have been really restricted over the last 12 months for very obvious travel uh, and travel reasons. Um, but there, there is a, a real appetite for UK landed property from uh, overseas and you know that will return as um, as movement restrictions are lifted angus to, as, for, in your research is, is that something you're very conscious of what what other sort of buyers might be, might be out there do you think uh yeah it's definitely um we, we did see more activity this year from from farmers in our sample um but very much a lot of what we focus on is that the growing presence of the natural capital buyer and some, of the, and some of those buyers are, are genuinely socially conscientious. I think inevitably there are others who are looking to capitalise on the groundswell of interest and momentum from the ESG agenda, which will mean that the right product will inevitably increase in value. We haven't really talked about COVID yet. Um, there's been this shift uh, away, from, you know, sort of, of people wanting to move out of the city to, to the country a little bit to have a bit more space and everything. Has that had a knock-on effect? Do we think uh, on the farm on the farmland uh, market, or is or is it, you know, is that just sort of a slightly different sector in a way, Alex? So I think um, I just touched on it just now. The, the, the properties we sell range enormously from very commercial farms to very uh, um, residentially orientated properties uh, and in the same way that Covid has has really bolstered the country, the prime country house market, a lot of our properties, whether it's uh, residential farms or amenity estates, are very closely aligned to that. And so the sentiments are very similar and um, it's exactly the same reasons that have driven people from urban areas into country houses, uh, the, the, the exactly the same appeal applies to our properties. So, you know, changing and work changes and work life balances, work patterns, and and this sort of craving for space and healthier environment has absolutely fueled um, our our more residential market. When you're talking about residential buyers and the influence of COVID, um, you know that that influence spread all the way up to Scotland is just as relevant in, in Scotland. And I think what I observe is if somebody's selling a, a property, a townhouse in London, the value that they sell it for down there can probably um, afford them a, a small to medium scale farm in Scotland. So our our base of buyers for farms has grown on the back of that residential demand. And then we've got this ESG buyer um, also in the market. So our our batch or our, our base of buyers has really expanded in, in 2020 for quite different reasons. 
And what about the, the, this whole shift away from sort of pure farming to sort of mixed use and using, you know, a part of the farm space for, for other commercial activities? It could be anything from, I don't know, paintballing to, you know, offices in a barn or, or storage or, or whatever. Is, is, do you think that's going to, there's going to be more of that, Alex? Yeah, absolutely right. I think it's inevitable. Um, there, there, I'm sure will be certain. Uh, farming enterprises that focus purely on farming into the future, but the vast majority will want to diversify, uh, to, to spread their risk and to, um, encourage alternative investment and, uh, and, and alternative income sources, um, from non-farming related assets, uh, and enterprises, but that run alongside their farming businesses. And Evelyn, uh, at the risk of straying into a different podcast, because we do talk about forestry <laughs> specifically sometimes, but we, we were doing the cross-sector outlook podcast for Savills the other day. And um, Emily Norton, uh, the head of rural research, was tramp- uh, championing the fact that the sort of the best return uh, that they forecast is going to come from forestry, which, of course, in your part of the world is a particular big deal, right? Yes. No, um, very relevant. Um, and those returns are coming from established forestry, mature plantations. But what we're seeing affecting the farmland market, and particularly the upland farms, is an insatiable demand for land that's suitable for tree planting. And that's um, on the back of the drive for net carbon zero and satisfying everybody's ESG agenda. So we've now got a completely new set of buyers in the market, uh, in addition to the farming buyers who um, are specifically looking to sequester carbon and uh, that is having a phenomenal effect on the market. Upland farms are fetching three times more from an environmental style of buyer. They're offering three times more than, than your farmer, such as that demand to get their hands on those assets to satisfy that agenda. Really, well, There's a lot of people who have had the agenda in place and we're definitely seeing people saying, OK, we don't want to talk about this. We actually want to action it. And, um, of course, there isn't a, a, a bottomless pit of opportunities um, to, to satisfy that demand. Yeah. Alex, is that, a, is that something which is sort of specific to, to Scotland? Or not, obviously not totally, but, but largely. Or, or is, it, is the same happening in England and Wales? Uh, I think the tree planting agenda is, is not quite as prevalent. Um, partly because of conditions and partly just because the the, the asset value the the bare uh, land value is considerably higher in England but the the emphasis on environmental rather than commercial is absolutely the case and and it kind of applies to almost every type of farmland uh, and every type of land use um, whether it's tree planting or water control or habitat enhancement or uh, development um, offsetting, environmental offsetting for developments. Uh, you know, this is really is is a, a growing dynamic in our market, and um, you know, it's, it's a fascinating one, as Evelyn says, immature but undoubtedly gaining momentum either by owner's choice or increasingly by government policy. Yeah, because of course you can look at it both ways, can't you? you, you the, 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 as you, as we were saying, or you were saying earlier, the, the opportunities in that sort of area, but there are also threats. You know, if the, if the, if the government says, increasingly says, you know, you, you, you've, to get any form of subsidy or any form of money from us, you've got to, it's got to be for a public good, then, then actually farmers are going to have to work pretty hard to make sure that's, that, that works for them, right? I think that's right, but you know, I think 
it's carrot and stick. You know, there, there, there is likely to be some real incentive as well, whether whether that's from the public or the private sector. Um, you know, we we must remember that land is is the key resource in terms of delivering solutions to to this global environmental agenda, and um, you know that's why we're really excited about this. Sector. So. Time now for the Savile Standout Statistic. Uh, Evelyn, you've been here before, so you know all about this. This is your Alex and Angus. You know, there's a lot of pressure on this. You know, people come up with some fantastic stuff, so I hope you're ready. Uh, well, let's start with Evelyn, because as I say, you've been here for Evelyn. Evelyn, what's your Savile Standout stat? Okay. In 2020, the number of new applicants registered looking for rural property in Scotland increased by 98%. And the budget that came with those increased new applicants it was 831 million. Wow. So we have got another 831 million of funds looking for opportunities in Scotland. Wow, that's fantastic, isn't it? Uh, so that's a pretty good start. Uh, where should we go next? Let's go to Angus next. You're the stats man, Angus, the research man. You should have a decent standout stat for us. Uh, yeah, so my stat uh, comes from Scotland, actually where uh, what we call poor grazing land or grade three or three and five land with, with limited agricultural value saw a capital value increase in 2020 of 17.5%. Um, quite remarkable uh, and a strong uh, showing of the demand for land with uh, forestry planting potential. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Alex, uh, your first major challenge as the new head of farms and estates uh, for Savills UK is to come up with a, a killer standout stat. Let's let's have it. Oh, God, what a challenge. Well, what I was going to say is that hopefully Savills are reasonably well known for farms, estates and lands that we advertise for sale publicly. But there's also quite a lot we do off market. And last year in 2020, our team were involved in over 200,000 acres trading privately with a combined value well in excess of a quarter of a billion pounds. Yeah, I think you've, you've passed the test. That's a, that's, a, that's a great stat. Thank you all very much indeed for that. Thanks for your time and thanks for your wisdom. We had a few technical issues setting this up, so thank you for your patience as well in this time of COVID. That's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. If you want to delve into the detail more, you'll find plenty in the Spotlight on GB Farmland Report, which you can find on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk slash research. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.